Hello and welcome to Elevate, the podcast that lifts you up. Hello and welcome to episode 3 of Elevate. We are excited to have you all tuning in. Joining us today is a current trainee in a large international law firm. However, as with all of our guests, there is far more to him than meets the eye. His Instagram and YouTube are dedicated to providing career advice from every stage of your law journey, from researching a firm to the rather elusive Watson Blazer test or even confusing competency questions that perplex us law students. However, more of you may also know him through his other venture, Little Law News. What began as a simple news recording exercise grew into this useful resource used by students throughout the country, myself included. So we have with us the amazing ideas of people. Woo! So it's really brilliant to have you you with us today. Thank you so much, and thanks for that amazing intro. So um, we just wanted to jump right in, and I think begin by asking you what was your journey into commercial law, and did you go via the traditional VAC scheme TC route, or did you try out something else before you actually? got into commercial law so my journey into law was not the not the normal one of a lot of the people who are doing applications or a lot of law students i see um i actually didn't apply for law in when i went to university i actually was studying economics um so when i did my a levels i was thinking about doing economics i did all the classic economics a levels which is like maths economics i did physics not the like standard law ones. Um applied for economics to Nottingham went there studying economics and um after a year I found that that's not really um what I wanted to do. Um the reason for that is essentially that what I thought economics would be from doing at A level was very different to what it was at uni. Uh so that's a a message for everyone to research your your degree choices. Um but then from then I I changed to law at Nottingham again. uh so i didn't have the story that a lot of applicants have that from a young age they knew they wanted to do law i i i didn't have that at all um it was a decision i made like at like 19 19 years old when i was at uni um but from then on uh i started learning more about commercial law through the uh presentations that they would do at our uni campus through the law society um i joined the law society committee as well which meant that i had a lot of exposure to law firms um commercial firms in particular and from then uh that's what got my interest in applying for commercial law and um yeah i guess i went through the traditional route that you're expected to go in terms of applying for applications i mean go through applications for vax schemes and then getting off of the tc although it wasn't as straightforward as Yeah, you have mentioned that it wasn't as straightforward and I really appreciate that you said that because when you look at LinkedIn you just think oh it must be that easy just get a vaccine get a TC and a lot of people don't really realize that many people have setbacks during their journey. So I just wanted to ask did you experience any setbacks during your legal journey? Yeah, so my plan and we all can make a plan but a plan's a plan it's not always how it pans out so my plan was to apply for first year schemes in my first year apply for vacation schemes in my second year get the tc do my final year start the tc 
that was my plan. Um, it didn't work out like that. I uh, did the first year schemes. That all went well. I got a couple first year schemes. And then in my second year, I did my back scheme applications. I didn't land a single back scheme. In the third year, again, I was like, whatever, I'm only one year behind. Went through the back scheme application process again and didn't um, just got a straight suite of rejections at different stages of the process, but rejections nonetheless. Didn't get any of them um, converting into actual place on the vaccine. Um, so then I graduated, still no vaccine, no nothing. Uh, took a year doing something else, um, doing qualification in New York. But then after that, I tried for another time. So that was now my third cycle of doing applications. Um, and that's that one, which is now one to, I guess, four years after I planned to do it. Those are the ones where I actually got um, had a few successful applications in the end. Yeah, and I think there's just a reminder that there's no linear path and there will always be, if you really want it, it will happen. So yeah. just don't be discouraged if it doesn't happen in second year because it's so competitive. And I feel like because the law sector is filled with just overachievers, we are so bad at dealing with rejection. So I just wanted to ask, how did you deal with those setbacks? And what would you recommend to people perhaps who didn't secure those back schemes or TCs by third year? Because you just mentioned that you've done a new qualification. Was it something that you were inspired to do when you didn't secure a TC? Yeah, exactly right. So to, to hit on your first point, there's getting it in your second year is, is it happens. A lot, some of my friends got it. It's not possible. Um, and I wouldn't want to put anyone off trying or thinking it's literally impossible. It is possible. Um, it, it didn't work for me. It didn't work for a lot of my friends. Um, but um, as you said, Desha, that I, I know very few people who wanted it and couldn't get it in, in the sense that um, over time they went through more cycles like I did. And um, if they persisted, some of my friends ended up getting jobs doing other things and just their interests changed. But if they persisted, a lot of my friends, um, same as me, managed to get it, um, get the vaccines and get the TC offers a year or two after. And in fact, looking back at it, I see that um, the work I was, or the experience I had between that second year when I put my first application um, in, and then a couple of years after graduating, where I put the successful applications in, not only was my application writing different and better because I'd gone through the process a bunch of times, but I had so much more to talk about. I spoke about, uh, as I mentioned before, this qualification I had in New York where I took the bar exam. I spoke about the paralegal work that I'd got in the interim work that I'd done just at other non-law related jobs. So it can really enhance your um, application. And also it will just, you'll just be more confident going into the position because I was a lot more confident having done some legal work. I was a few years older, had some experience doing other things going into this world um, of a training contract can be quite uh, tough, but going into it with a few more years of experience and wisdom can always help. Um, and to touch on your last point where you said that advice for dealing with rejection, when you asked about that, it is, it is the case that a lot of people applying here will be, as you said, overachievers, people who are, who are used to putting their effort in, but then seeing the rewards for that. Um, but it, as it happens, when you 
you know, go from school to A-levels to university, you're just competing with the, the best of the best of the best of the best and the bar just keeps going up. Um, which is why a lot of people who, who've thrived academically or, or anywhere else find it difficult at this stage. The, the biggest issue I suffered from and the biggest issue I think people suffer from um, when it comes to dealing with rejection is that I think a lot of people suffer from tying... Um, First of all, there's just FOMO when your friend has something and then you can't get it. It, it, it sucks. But um, the more deeper issue, I think, is people tying their sense of self-worth and like how good they are to this one thing, um, which is just not healthy to do. Um, a lot of the reason for that is there's a lot of elements of the application process that are just completely out of your control. So just having your sense of like self-worth being dictated by something that's kind of outside your control is, is, is always difficult. What I would suggest to do for that is kind of um, focusing on this uh, without sounding like too, um, I don't know, like spiritual or whatever, but because I'm not like a super spiritual guy, but um, focusing on things that you are good at and just remembering that um, your, your ability in getting a training contract is, does not define your self-worth. So doing stuff that you're good at, for me, I, I'm, I play a lot of music, just kind of thinking of my identity as just a guy who does a lot of things, law being one of those things, then, then it's much easier to take a hit in the law, uh, like category, because I still got like, play a lot of football, do a lot of music stuff, was doing fine at uni, uh, had a good social life. Like I was winning on all these fronts. And then this one that I wasn't winning at wasn't a big deal in terms of the whole of me. So it's just don't let yourself uh, conflate your ability to get a training contract with like how good you are as a, or how value, valuable you are as an individual. So just thank you so much for that. And I think maybe just following on from that, a lot of our, a lot of our listeners, I think, and us as well, deal with the question about, you know, what exactly was it that convinced you to sort of break into commercial law and have a have a career in commercial law so when it came down to you and now after having been a trainee for a while what what do you think it was that drew you into commercial law for me um there were a few things i got exposure for from to a lot of firms when i joined my law society committee um because as part of the committee, you're arranging the events and you have to actually go to all the events. I reckon if I was a Law Society member, I, I probably wouldn't have gone to as many events, but as a committee, you actually have to go because you're organizing it. But I would suggest if anyone does have um, a Law Society at your uni, uni, which I reckon pretty much all, most unis will have, to try and um, attend the events. Um, it will just help you make a more informed decision as to whether commercial law is for you, uh, whether the answer is yes or no. A lot of people went to them and, and didn't like what was an offer and, and choose to go down other careers. But for me, I, I really thought um, it's something I'm interested in. I wanted to work in, in London. I wanted to build on law, which I was doing as, um, as a degree at that stage. Um, and there was just so many opportunities at a commercial law firm. So the rotational nature of it is is probably one of the most the bit that I found most interesting the fact that you're doing six months rotations uh sometimes do four months and do more rotations but it it's just so great to be able to see it's it's, it's a really good opportunity 
to, to be able to move within a firm or even do a secondment, do international stuff. Like this, firms have so many opportunities available to trainees. Um, and that was one of the biggest reasons that drew me to commercial law and drew me to the firm I'm at now because I thought that they had so many good opportunities on offer um, that it would give me a really good foundational uh, knowledge and experience. Yeah, thank you for that. And also just wanted to say thank you for your brilliant advice. I really hope our listeners listen to it closely and realize that they are worth more than just that application or yeah, the law. But you know, apart from the commercial law side, there's also our listeners may know you by being the founder of Little Law. And if our listeners don't know, which I'll be really surprised, Little Law News is basically... Uh, like a student-run page that summarizes key commercial stories, which is really important for developing your commercial awareness, which is like this buzzword that everyone's scared of. But I think it's just a brilliant first step in trying to get to grips with such concepts. And being a fan myself, I'll be honest, I'm just really interested to know why, what inspired you and why did you decide to create Little Law? Um. Yeah, good question. I, I, I decided to create Little Law because I hated reading all the newspapers that everyone told me to read. I was told to read like FT and, and all these things that I, I, I just couldn't, I wouldn't do it, to be honest with you. If I had an assessment day coming up, I'd read it for like a couple of weeks and then I'd just never look at it again until I, maybe I, I, a month later got another assessment day and I was like, let me read, read the last weeks of news. So I thought that it didn't really solve the problem. Um, not because not only because it was quite time consuming and and a lot of the stories were much more in depth than what I would need for you know developing a general commercial awareness um I should probably define like what what I would at the time or kind of now as well understand commercial awareness to be is is not necessarily having super in-depth knowledge about one thing it's just generally having like a shallower and wider understanding of of, of just different industries stuff that's going on um pushes and pulls in in like the economy so that's that's with that definition i thought that it would be much more useful to have shorter um content that summarizes what's going on in like two sentences and then focuses more on like what the bigger picture effect of this thing is as opposed to delving more into the detail of that thing um so with that in mind i would just write summaries for myself that's how it started I'd read the long article, write summaries for myself to help my understanding. And there was no bigger plan to publish it or, or share it with anyone. Uh, but a few of my friends thought the summaries are cool. Um, and I had some time at uni. So I just put together a website, um, like a, a free Squarespace website one evening and started publishing a few of the stories um, and then shared that with my university uh, law society and they like posted it on the law society mailing list and it just it, it grew from there so that was the how it started no i mean that's brilliant because i think a lot of students these days as well use little law because personally speaking for me as well i think it's such a handy summary to be able to look at something and be able to digest what you're reading instead of like skimming through an article and seeing okay this is what's relevant that's not um, but yeah, no, I think following on from that, how was it for you, I guess, when Little Law grew, how was it to balance your commitments at like university and maybe with perhaps other 
situations you were involved in, like the law society, how is it, how did you find balancing your time and responsibility at that stage? It was very tough at first. Um, it was very tough because uh, it was just me at the beginning, me doing the writing and then also publishing stuff onto the website, creating graphics for it, running the social media, sharing the stuff onto the social media. Um, it was just me. Uh, and it was it was tough to balance with the academic work, social staff, society obligations, all the stuff that I had on at the time. Um, and and little or suffered because when it comes to like preparing for your exams or doing a job application that's deadline is tomorrow and then running this kind of like fun side project, it always fell down the list of priorities. Um, so there were a lot of challenges in terms of dealing with that and balancing the time. And the solution to that, and that's and the solution that's grown really well for us is that I turned to people um, who wanted to get involved and asked them if they wanted to write. That was the first thing that I asked people to do. Because the issue was when it was just me, you'd get like two, two reports going up one week and then nothing for like three weeks and then one another, another week and then nothing for a week. And then it wasn't, it wasn't valuable to anyone. You couldn't rely on it because it was just to do with when I had some spare time, um, which was like erratic. But we got um, a few other volunteers to write, for mostly, well, all students. I was a student at the time myself. And it was just delegating the work and letting people get involved. And people were really happy to get involved as well because they wanted to um, practice writing, hold themselves accountable to actually like read the news because if they're writing about the news, of course, they have to read it before they write anything. Um, and also helps them build their CV and, and show that they're wanting to get more involved and stuff. So the balancing it was was tough. Um, it was just constant case of prioritizing my obligations and coupled with the fact that I got a lot of help. And now to like to this day, we've got a, a lot of people working on Little Law. We've got a bunch of writers, editors, graphics team, um, all of them are um, helping out, which helps um, uh, make the site run smoothly. So now I'm, I'm much more like oversight and I don't really write any reports. I don't think I've written one in like a year or two by this stage. No, that's awesome. Thanks so much for that rundown of, I guess, balancing your responsibility, which is something I think all law students encounter at some point because they want to do something extracurricular, but then they have all those readings and, and formatives and summatives to deal with at the same time. But I think following on from that, what would you recommend for students who perhaps want to pursue their own ventures at university, something they're interested in other than maybe perhaps just the law itself? Yeah, you mentioned the formatives and summatives and it brought back bad memories. Uh, but um, now to answer your question, would I recommend people to pursue ventures 100%? I honestly think it's, it's so valuable. Um, the reason is that you'll be able to put yourself into a position of so much responsibility because you are either the only person doing it or if you're starting something or launching a society or launching an Instagram page or, or a website, whatever it might be, you're, you're the decision maker, you're the top person, which for all the benefits that um, you'll get from having a career in a big organization, um, in a big commercial law firm, You'll get so many good experiences. However, being that top decision maker is not something that you'll be able to do early on in your career at all. 
so it, it, it's it's an invaluable skill and it's something that um it'll be difficult for people to give you in in your actual job um even when you get high responsibility in a task there's always a few people above you who are, who are making the decision as a trainee for sure um so it's, it's a great opportunity for you to um get that experience being the decision maker being the most responsible person um where, with like everything at stake in an in an organization even if it is just you on your own a lot of law students i've seen have launched um law related social media pages instagram is where i see it most or like youtube youtube um, channels as well i think all that stuff's super useful i don't think that people there should be any like gatekeeping on who should be allowed to do it. I do a lot of application stuff because um, I just thought that would be helpful and it could help other people and also um, draw people to my, to my YouTube channel because it will have valuable stuff. But I know a lot of people might feel that they're you know, not at the stage where they can start doing things like that or putting out content, but whatever stage you're at whether you have a tc or you don't have a tc or you're just a first year student there's still people behind you on that same track that want to want to be where you are so for example if you're a first year student at, at, at studying law there'll be sixth form students who want to know what it is studying at um, kcl and and like this this goes back and back and back so i, I definitely want to encourage people to um do start their own ventures if it's something they're thinking about and even if it's something as small as documenting your time um at uni or even just going through applications all this sort of stuff is, is massively relatable and valuable for for people who are uh, behind you on that same on that same path yeah i definitely agree i think it's the idea of those transferable skills that are just so valuable especially in your applications and also when you become working in the office as well because your colleagues want to work with a person they don't just want to work with a regurgitating law machine so the more personality you bring I think your applications will stand out more and speaking of personality this podcast isn't just about the serious world of commercial law at the end we also tend to ask some fun questions well All right, cool. the fun question today is as we are commercial law wannabes have we all watched Suits? Aiden, have you had, have you watched Suits before? Yes. Okay, well, our question would be, what character do you think you resemble the most from Suits? It can be personality as well. Character. Interesting. All right, who is there in Suits? You've got Mike, you've got Lewis, you've got Harvey. you got Rachel. Rachel. I did do a lot of paralegal work and then broke into maybe I'm Rachel because she was a paralegal at the firm, right? And, yeah. then, and then and then actually became a lawyer. <laughs> maybe in the future, maybe the in firm. the future you become a royal as well. Who knows? I know, I know. I just marry marry a royal. That's that's my next step. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll say Rachel. She seemed pretty cool and did, paid her dues before she got the before she got the job. Um, Mike cheated his way through the bar exam. <laughs> I didn't do so. <laughs> I actually sat the exam. Um, but yeah, I'll be Rachel. But thank you so much for having joined us today. I think we all took away something and learned a little bit more about how not 
everyone's journey is linear, but also that you can overcome those obstacles and just move on and and motivate yourself as well. Because I feel like often we forget that in law school, being surrounded by so many people who perhaps are achieving something that you thought you would achieve at a certain point. So I guess not everyone's journey follows the same timeline or the same path. And thank you so much for, for having reaffirmed that to us today. And we hope all our listeners enjoyed tuning in and, and we'll take away some of Aiden's advice today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. Of course.